The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns called archetypes by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. I'm Julianne Javot, and with me, as ever, is my co-host, Sundara Quackenbush. And this episode, we are exploring the beginning of the rebirth cycle with card number 14 of the Major Arcana, Temperance. We're going to discuss the attributes of the angel archetype as well as the alchemy called for in this stage of the journey. So hey there, Sundara. Hey, Julianne. Hey. How are you doing post-death? <laughs> I am. I, I never thought I would hear myself say this, but I am so happy that we have an angel card. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, we've had some, you know, we've had some challenging cards, or we have actually more challenging cards ahead of us. Yeah. So to have this pause with the angel actually uh, feels really good. And, and, you know, and angels have been growing on me recently. Yeah. I grew up, I... I you know, I tell you the truth, I was not into angels oh. growing up as a kid. I thought, oh, God, they're just so boring and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but now I, I can really see um, how important they are as, uh, in so many ways. And, and that's what we're going to explore in this podcast, which is really exciting for me. Post-death, let's have some angels. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, the last um, the last podcast, which I think was probably the most hilarious that we've ever had. Uh, <laughs> if was, I do say so, if, if I do say, people are talking, about it, it's hilarious. And uh, but but coming from that, coming from the death card and everything that we talked about, and the fact that it was the it was really the the stage about the death, not about rebirth. It hinted at it, but it was about that deep letting things go. It was the absolute surrender and then surrender a little bit more. And it's this, this next stage I see as the, the beginning of the rebirth process, but not it completely. It's like the kicking off of it. Well, this is why it's important that we didn't just jump to the whole rebirth theme in right. the death card, right. because this is a process. And, and, and with this angel card, with temperance, we have this sort of before the new phase hits process happening, um, where things are happening deep on a very deep level, uh, which is really important. And, and if you would just leap to the flowers and the regrowth and all of that, you, you'd totally miss this amazing stage. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really really important there is there is a there is a continuum and it's more of a cyclical continuum than it is really a, a linear from a to b and this is that sort of like reaching an outside arc um with that with the beginning of this this change and that um there's a lot here on the on the actual cards and there is an angel on the card so Sundara, do you want to we usually describe um the marseille uh card and again, this is card 14 with the angel, but we also have the Rider Waite that maybe we'll take a look at as well. Yeah, let's take a little look at both. Here, maybe you like the Rider Waite. Maybe I you do. can describe that one. I'll, I'll start with the Marseilles over okay. here. And uh, oh, it's, it's a beautiful card. I really like it. Um, it's, it's quite simple as the Marseilles are, but we have purely here an angel on earth. Um, the, the ground looks a, a lot like the ground the death in the last card was on. 
so we know that this is connected or something happening afterwards for sure. Uh, and this angel is has two pr primary colors. She's got the red and the blue and she's got two pitchers or vases and she's pouring a clear liquid, probably this beautiful water, um, from one vase into the next. And uh, she seems to be really know what she's doing because that water is definitely getting into that other vessel from quite a distance and yet she's she's not even looking at what she's doing um, she has her eyes on something else um, but there's just a great amount of care and uh, beauty in this card she's got this beautiful five uh, uh, petaled flower up in her hair right up near her third eye area mm -hmm. uh, so this is the temperance card for the Marseilles. What, what do you got over there in the uh, Rider Waite? <clears throat> the Rider Waite is a lot more detailed. It also features an angel. And um, in the show notes, you can actually see copies of these cards if you want to look. Uh, but it's it's a similar figure. The difference in this is the um, the angel is has two golden cups. But again, it's the same action. It's pouring from one cup into another and there is there is something that's called like a, a circle with a dot in the middle of it on the forehead. So there's an echoing of the of the same imagery. But the main difference is there's uh, one foot on land. Mm. He or she, the angel, which I would assume is kind of hermaphrodite. It's both feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. Has one foot on the ground and one in the water. And there's a scene around it with flowers. And then you see kind of in the um, in the distance a, a path up a mountain. To, to a very, like a sun or a very bright light. I would assume this is some sort of enlightenment in the background. That weird but, um, triangle and square thing the... kind of gets me. It kind of looks like a cult member here. I, I, <laughs> I think that, that image has thrown me off a little I, bit with this one. You don't actually see that in particular, the, uh, the triangle inside the square um, in a lot of the imagery for the temperance card. I mean, yeah. it does show up. It's but... just very masculine, you know, like a, I don't know. So. My guess, <laughs> my guess is the triangle is the triad. It's, it's the oh, balance right. of both. It's, it's the, um, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit more with this card, is that um, the cups, if we were to look at them as being opposites, and again, there's this ongoing theme throughout this hero's journey of what do we do with opposites? Are we trying to train them to work together? Uh, you know, the yin, the yang, the fire, the water, those two can be represented by the cups. Yet in the in the Marseille card, you've got a blue pitcher and a red pitcher. And they're even of different sizes, but it's the liquid is the same color going in between. So the point, I think, of this triangle in the right away is, is what's that third? You know, what's that third element? Mm, yes. What gets created from the two opposites or what element or attitude is needed to balance those opposites, right? So, so that transcend transcendent function is very important in this. Yeah. In this, I, I kind of, I kind of skipped ahead with that, with that, but I think it'll make more sense um, when we talk about the. This is a journey, you know. The, the what does temperance mean? Um, the word itself. Yeah. So let's take a look at that. Uh, so that's a good foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> and now we're back on the hero's journey of this tarot. Adventure. Adventure. And uh, and so we've just come from death. What does this mean as a stage for our hero fool of this deck? And what brings us here? What brings us to this angel yeah. at this time? 
Oh, I would imagine the fool's like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, you've just, it's really been this, you know, it's like you're crushed. Like everything just had to come off. That was a, you know, a huge, huge part of the stage. And I think that's even before the sense that like you, you don't know what's happening yet. It's, it's like the, the rebirth has its first beginnings, but you're not even, you're not even realizing it. It's like, you kind of have to wake up to something new and, um, seeing this, like to me anyway, the angel is a sign of hope, right? The angels in, in mythology and religion have always been messengers of something, right? Yeah. Messengers of doom, messengers of, uh, of good news or guidance or, or information. So, you know, if the hero is sort of like just recovering from this death process, like, oh, that you come upon this, you know, beautiful creature and it's doing something, it's got something to show you, like that's, it's very hopeful, but it's also like, ah, what's, what's here? What's left after this death that's, yeah. that I'm working with? There's very much a feeling of being in the, the angel's hands at this stage and that uh, whatever the fool has experienced, whether it was the loss of a job or loss of a relationship or some really catastrophic other event where it was a clear sign that something ended, mm-hmm. everything is disintegrated, fallen apart, and one's ego is not really there to be in, in command as it usually is. Mm-hmm. But what an opportunity here in this stage of the angel. The, the situation is in the angel's hands. She's mixing these elements around, which we'll talk about more. And But the, the fact that the ego has totally been crushed allows for this opportunity for things to be mixed in a new mm-hmm. arrangement, for things to be picked up from uh, the ground and assembled in a new way. And the, the angel seems very particular in this in that yeah. event or in this process yeah. that the the ego the fool has no control over but it's <laughs> it kind of reminds me a little bit have you ever felt a, a depression or some some sort of you know sallow mood or you know and you really didn't even know why but it was just feels like everything's useless and then you might go for a sleep or a nap or a long sleep and you have a dream and then you wake up from this dream and you don't even know what the dream is about but you feel so much better. Like something happened without you even doing anything about it that put your world back together for you. Yeah. And that's what this angel stage really feels like to me is yeah. that sometimes in our in the things we have no control over in our deepest sleep, in our unconscious, things can be uh, put back together in a new puzzle pattern. Yeah, yeah. You make <clears throat> it's an excellent point into to talk again about the opposite. So if we look at, if we look at what's happening and if you put the cards down, that major arcana down into these rows, mm-hmm. this is the last card of a row. That's right? right. The realm of equilibrium, we call the second row. And yeah. It's the, and this is the very last stage. It's the last stage. And we think back about the previous cards when we talked about how are we holding those opposites? I think what happens in the temperance stage is it's saying it's, being aware of the opposites, it was really, really important to us in the previous journey, right? We And it's so clear to us in our day-to-day lives, there's this and there's that. There's either and there or. You know, it was all about like, I need more of this and then I need more of that. And it was, it was almost this sense of we had to balance and we would move from one pole to another. To me, temperance is saying, ah, now you need to look at it as an alchemist would. The angel is bringing this message of like, it's not about either or, it's both and. It's what is 
that third element or attitude that brings them together, that they're no longer all about being opposites. It's about the synthesis of everything. And that's a great, I mean, that's perfect right after death, right? I mean, mm-hmm. after this, this symbolic death and that stage. Of... Which is very important to alchemy <laughs> as well, right? That, that prima materia that you got started with has to completely be destroyed before any new process can take place. Yeah. And we, I was going to talk about the, uh, the alchemist in this podcast too, but we, we did kind of cover that back in the magician. This to me, I mean, the alchemist really uh, has to do with that, the actual material world, we're talking about like your your whole, uh, your psyche and all of your concepts. So it goes from like physically having tools to work with things to like getting an understanding of what I call the both andness of it's not just either or or it's the both and and what what is going to work for you in terms of being open to that synthesizing thought, action, or thing that is not going to be done by you. It's like you said, when you fall asleep, you know, you're having a horrible day or whatever, and you fall asleep, that synthesis that you reached was through that dream. You didn't lay down thinking, I'm going to have a dream so I can feel better about my life. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's that's the trickier part of this card, too. And I think the angel, because it is um, an ethereal archetype, it is, it is removed from our day-to-day life that... And it's, it's gender neutral. That is so important to start to take a look at too. So this isn't the action card of like, okay, what do I do now? I need to go put, you know, A and B together and make something else. It's like, no, it's important after this death, the beginning of the rebirth is a process of also being open, of understanding that you, you might, you might not have all of the answers. The synthesis is going to have to come from your being aware and being open, which is hard for us, I think, in, especially in our modern life. Because we dealing with you know questions and being open to stuff. We know we want the answer now. We want it now. So that's I think the challenge of this particular stage. But so so important. That third thing, you know. And if you want to think of it as a third thing, that's that's okay. But what's that? What is that element that you're going to be open to? You don't know. You don't know what it'll be. But you certainly um, you'll know it when it happens for sure. Yeah, because we we began this realm of equilibrium, and even the word equilibrium suggests this idea of the the two and the opposites. Mm -hmm. With that justice card, with her Mm -hmm. rigidity and and these two sides, and and even uh, up there in the the first um, realm, uh, the realm of those gods and goddesses, those major archetypes, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of sitting in between two poles, the chariot had, uh, you know, struggling with two choices. Uh, and, and here at the end of this second row, a, a very flowing, magical mixture of these two things. Mm-hmm. This is definitely an important stage. It is. And the, the word the word temperance itself, and you know, I kept looking at it when I was typing, and I'm like, temper, temper tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a, it's, it's a more cryptic uh, It is. It's not like death, which was pretty... clear cut as you might say but if you look at temperance and to temper as a verb i think that kind of speaks to a part partly what will be happening in this stage is uh, the word itself means to modify by the addition of a moderating element to moderate and to this card also means to be moderate to not go to extremes um it also means to finally to adjust finally or attune something Hmm. And I think there's there's a whole lot there with this with this stage post death of not going to extremes and not 
not closing yourself down in the way that going to an extreme will do. So if you just decide, say if you're you've got a project or something you want to work on and you've you're you're facing it in a very in a very like I've got to get it all done process, you know, get all this stuff done and you're ignoring process. There's nothing moderate about that. That is definitely unbalanced. You're not open to what is the other element that's going to make this happen that you personally don't have control of. It is a very spiritual card. This mm-hmm. is a, this is mm-hmm. definitely about that un the unknown third element and not uh, and being moderate in your in your approaches. So it's it's tricky. We're not I don't think attuned to really having this as that next step process after death. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh I believe it was Carl Jung that talked about the transcendent function and and when you reach a point in your life when it seems like, oh my gosh, I either have to choose this or that career or children or mm-hmm. uh, this relationship or that relationship. Like all of these things can come to a head and your ego just can't handle it. No. Cannot handle it. And the ego goes, you know, I fine. I, I just can't deal with it and I can't make any decision. I'm, and you surrender to these two poles, these two extremes. And it's actually in that surrender where that ego dies mm-hmm. that then you, the freedom and release to allow life to happen, to allow life to give you that third thing. Because you're not going to get it, go out and find the third thing by being a warrior hero. Yeah. The third thing comes in and of itself from just doing that very difficult process of holding these two opposites yeah. until you can't any longer. Yeah. Ego dies, something new comes in. It's such, and it really is, it is all about that transcendence, that it's, it's even difficult to put words to it as you and I are talking. You know, I use the term, the third thing that makes it seem like something we're going to go out and get, you know, but it's not, Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it is, it's such this, it's an ineffable idea that the only way that I've found to, to talk about it is it's, it's, it's not attained by will or about doing anything on the earth there's no doing right but it's Mm -hmm. the only thing that i can come up with that is even related to to a verb that we can do is being willing to be open to change to to, to make that start of knowing that that willingness has to be open up again and again because that transcendent piece that that third thing which isn't a thing (laughs) is beyond our control yes that's Um, right and, and we always want to control the process. So I guess when we talk about temperance and moderation, to moderate your willingness, to be aware that that willingness and that openness to this transcendent element that will have you not looking at things as opposites, but mm-hmm. looking at them as that both and, which is a, you know, that's, it's a concept. But I think when you are practicing that moderation and that openness, that will start to lead you to, you know, the recognition of, oh, it is happening. It is happening right now, but I'm not, I can't, I can no longer see it and operate it based on these extreme opposites that we have during this row. And I think that that openness uh, can be external. You can be open to the things that are happening externally. But I, I really do think that this card points inward. <laughs> it does. It's, this is an internal process. Yeah. So that openness is often to these to images or uh, voices or or presences that come with from within, and uh, there's you know we talked about about Hillman last time James Hillman, 
and I want to recommend a book that has a really nice what would you call it? Uh, Smorgasbord of his work, all in one <laughs> book. Uh, and it's called A Blue Fire. And he actually has, there's actually a chapter in here called uh, Imaginal Practice Greeting the Angel. And so, and it's all about this approach to the inner realm and the images in the inner realm. And basically, that different facets of the psyche come to us as angels with those messages mm -hmm. and we need only listen and find different ways to attune into that yeah um and so uh, it's it's a really great chapter really great book uh, and outlines that whole process so i would re definitely recommend that i will put that in the show notes too i will uh let them know is it the third chapter so if you go to the post for this um, podcast, you will you will get all of this information and more. What you're what you're talking about in terms of the internal process and those you know the the symbol of the angel. I think too, if, if someone would say, "Okay, I have gone through this death process and I kind of see this temperance um, coming along," what you know, there's nothing to be done, but there is there is something that's occurring to me, and that's meditation or any practice that is really fully about being with yourself and, and being open. And any form of meditative practice that people can, can take on, I think, during this stage of allowing or just a meditation on being willing and being allowing could be very, very helpful. I yeah, think. And, and since we're here with the tarot, uh, have this stage also is very much about conversing with the angel, even wrestling with the angel to, to uh, quote a biblical story mm -hmm. uh, that you can actually dialogue with, with the angel in the card mm -hmm. if it comes up for you, or if you, you want to, you know, talk to this, what this angel might mean for you, internalize an angel, have your own vision of what your angel might look like and that you can have these internal dialogues and, and things can come forth out of this that are very, very interesting. The quote, it's interesting, the quote that um, that I thought of when I was doing the, the research on this is what um, Abraham Lincoln said in his first inaugural speech. And in American history, basically his, his speech, he was basically trying to unite this completely fractured country. And the, the, the line that he said is he calls upon, I'll just read the, the last line here, um, the mystic cords of memory stretching from every battlefield and patriot um, to every living heart and the hearthstone of all, all over this broad land will yet swell the chorus of the union and when again touched as surely they will be by the angels of our better nature. Love that. And that quote, I mean, that, that is about that synthesis. That is like the, I mean, in the country really did die in so many ways after the Civil War. I mean, that mm -hmm. tore it apart. And here's this, you know, um, Lincoln for, you know, all of his, you know, issues and faults of his own was making this speech and really calling upon the the angels of our better nature. And I think that that just struck me as being very poignant and appropriate to mm. to this stage of uh, of the process. And, and I know we wanted to talk about the angel, but I have a... Um, you know me, I like to read a little bit of poetry. I love poetry in general. And one of my favorite, who's also one of my teachers, is David White. And he has a poem that I, I'm going to put it on the show notes. And I highly recommend people, if you're if you're going through this stage, you're interested, read the whole poem because it really speaks, I think, to this process. 
Um, but what, what he says, the line that caught me is, what we strive for in perfection is not what turns us into the lit angel that we desire. What disturbs and then nourishes has everything we need. What we hate in ourselves is what we cannot know in ourselves. But what is true to the pattern does not need to be explained. Inside everyone is a great shout of joy waiting to be born. And the slow difficulty of remembering how everything is born from an opposite and miraculous otherness. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. It mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, this the poem, and I was just reading excerpts from it, but it's definitely recommended reading, um, reading the whole thing, and to to remember that at this the beginning of this rebirth stage, we're not going for perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not about perfection. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just something that I think tends to drive people into the ground. Yeah. And that otherness, that it's not me always doing the work uh-huh. and that I can control this all in my own hands, yeah. uh, that my fate and my destiny is in my own hands, but that uh, that there is an openness to the otherness. Yeah. And yeah. David White, what an angelic name, don't you think? It, it is. <laughs> he's, he's a great teacher. I, I, I loved working with him and I, I admire him greatly. Good guy. Funny guy. Good storyteller. So shall we transition into talk about the... And Helicus. The what? Angels. Oh, yes. Yes. Tell us about angels. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting too deep there. We need to be funny. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Oh, uh, yes. Well, the angel archetype. Uh, yes, angels do exist among us, um, as uh, at least in particular uh, in, in people. I'm sure, you know, you've probably said, you've heard someone say, oh, thank you. You are such an angel. And what, you know, well, maybe not to you, Sandera. Okay, forget it. Well, to me, they say it. <laughs> Your card's the next one. The day. <laughs> I just can't wait to get to that stage, but I'm being very patient. Just trying to be an angel about this. Uh, and we mentioned this earlier, but the angel, it is, you know, it's, it's in almost every culture, uh, religious tradition, features angels in some form some description and yeah a lot of times in imagery they are uh, they have wings and what they they intervene in times of great need or when um, a a message needs to be delivered or guidance or instructions divine guidance typically something from the other like you were talking about the not of this world not of our own mindset and so there are people who who definitely have this sense of the angelic um and a part part of the time that you can see it in people who can be very much engaged and loving and compassionate, but then then they're just a little bit aloof too, not in a arrogant way, but they're just a little bit separate from it. And as we you know you see the imagery, angels have wings and they tend to float, and they're all just a little bit at a remove. And the people with the angel archetype, they they enjoy just sort of like being there, getting what they need to done, and then they leave. Hmm. They don't become integral to the situation on a mundane level. They're hmm. always there and integral in in a more spiritual level and a more psychological level, but they're not always there physically. So they don't show up necessarily when you need it, but there's this idea that like they're praying for you or they're meditating for you or whatever capacity that, that person um, works with or takes on. 
related to the fairy god or Ray related is the fairy godmother and fairy godfather. And in, in the list of uh, archetypes on my website, I tend to put them together because they're so very, very similar. Um, and this will... Uh, that was my preference when I was a child. I was much more into fairies mm -hmm. than I was angels. I, I think they're pretty much the same. They're... You can define... Fairies feel more earthy, like they're made of nature in the sense of butterfly wings and they hang out in trees and stuff, whereas angels kind of feel like they come from some other place. They come from this way up in the sky or something. They're not connected at all. You know, the, 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 that sort of angel um, archetype. And in, and in people, the difference between someone who's strictly an angel archetype or a fairy godmother is really just in the details. And so fairy godmother, fairy godfather are, are more physically involved with There's the fairy people. godfathers? Yes, there are. Wow. It's the masculine form. I want a fairy godfather. That sounds uh, well, awesome. Then, then is, is he like is he like a gangster a mafia guy? All right, you read my did you read my notes? <laughs> Probably. Maybe. All right, well. <laughs> to put to make this more clear for people, it's easier to see it when you watch it watch it in a film. And, you know, there are obvious angels in film uh, and in TV. Um, it's a wonderful life. You know, that has two angels in it, um, very visible. But then I think of movies like Grand Canyon, um, which was an older film in the, in the 90s. But if you look at Danny Glover and Kevin Kline's uh, roles in that, they very much have this angelic-like presence where they will take care of things, but then they're not attached. My favorite film of all time. Ever. Oh, here it comes. Is a French film called Amelie. Oh, I love Amelie. See what I mean? And, and she, is she that oh, uh, angel archetype? Amongst, She's trying to fix things, right? Amongst many other archetypes, uh, but the strongest one for her is the angel. Kind oh, of the fairy godmother, but it's more... interesting. Because she doesn't want to meet the main guy. Like, she's operating from behind. She's doing all of these magical little things for people, but doesn't want to be known for it. Exactly. Where yes. she really, really... Okay. Um, uh, her, her anonymity is sacred to her. She doesn't feel like she needs to be present, but she does kind of like watching it happen. Um, and, and it's I highly recommend the film because I love it. It's in French, but, you know, we can all read subtitles. Uh, but you can really, amongst the, the lover archetype is very strong for her as well as the male lead. But that, the angel archetype is, is very present in the film Amelie, as well as one of my other favorite films um, is Auntie Mame with, with Rosalind Russell. I think it's from the early 60s. Highly recommend it. She's very much the fairy godmother. Hmm. Um, throughout the film, amongst other archetypes, but it's a very strong presence where they're the fairy godmother will, you know, give makeovers, will, will, you know, find the beautiful part of the person and show it to them mm -hmm. and get them to see it too and do things for people without, without wanting, you know, thanks or accolades and just do it to do it. And that's, that's that angel part. And the fairy godmother you think has the magic wand and is like, you know, with Cinderella, here's your outfit and that transformative, but what they're doing is they're allowing that trans transformation to happen for that person. They're witnessing it. They don't necessarily make it happen. And shows, those makeover shows, um, what's the one I love it a lot? Oh, What Not to Wear. Even though they're kind of snarky, both Stacy and Clinton, they're very much, you can tell that they really enjoy showing people their own inner beauty and getting them the clothes that will accentuate the beauty that's already in the person. That is hmm. at the heart of the fairy godmother, fairy godfather. 
And to your point, the fairy godfather, which is the masculine form, I have two great uh, movie references. Um, you mentioned it already, in the shadow, because yes, every archetype has a shadow. Oh, that's right. And the angel, I mean, the angel and the fairy godmother, as good as they are good, they can be bad. And there's an article on my website if people are interested in that. But basically everything that the angel and the fairy godfather do in the light, think of it in a complete reverse. Instead of doing something nice for someone, they do something evil for someone. The woman, um, I think it's Glenn Close who played the Marquise in Dangerous Liaisons. Perfect evil fairy godmother. Is and she always playing evil people? No. Oh. Glenn Close. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, but the to get back to the the shadow archetype and the for the masculine Marlon Brando, because you know people come to him and he kind of grants wishes, but then he he you owe him, right? And you, he kind of starts owning you. He becomes basically the slave master. Mm. So that's that archetype in reverse, and that's in the in the shadow. Interesting. Um, it's it's a little film. Very few people I think you know didn't see it, but I loved it. Um, is a film called Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Great film, but very enjoyable. If you've got a, a magical child archetype or you're interested in the fairy godfather, Dustin Hoffman, who plays Mr. Megorium, he owns a toy store. Really, really great to see that that happens. And it's very much about the child archetype and about granting wishes and getting people to see their own innate beauty. Um, great, great films. And, uh, you know, Glinda the Good, Glinda the Good Witch and oh, Wizard of Oz. You know, is another one more obvious, but I like to go kind of obscure sometimes. You know me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely trust your film recommendations just from history, Thanks. from the history of this podcast. And since you like Amelie, I'm gonna check out some of those films. Absolutely, and they'll all be up in the in the show notes if people are interested. And we're open to people making suggestions too. You know, if you've got like, hey, I love this film. It's all about temperance or whatever, um, email us at atpodcast at archetypist.com. We love hearing from you. Oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. And so, in our next podcast... Oh, yeah. Put in the evil music. Blah, 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 blah. The devil! The devil. Interesting that we have death, angel, devil. So, that will be fun. It's like, it's like a sandwich... it's like you have some gnarly bread and then something delicious on the inside it's like fluff in the middle (laughs) rotten Um, pumpernickel and a burnt toast (laughs) I don't know or maybe it's just plain whole grain bread it's 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 you know it it looks like sandpaper but it's really good for you you know yeah like the Ezekiel bread (laughs) so we we can get carried away with any kind of metaphor, if you haven't noticed. But That's right. We, we like metaphors, archetypes. We, you are bound for an adventure. That is for darn sure. That's absolutely right. And uh, for us, it'll be the new year. So it's, Next year, it's, 2013. Yeah, it's 2013. Our first start, card is the we devil. We start the year with the devil. Ain't nothing we can do. <laughs> we can, this is just how it falls. Uh, but I think it, it, it makes perfect. a lot of... It, yeah. yeah, resolutions, addictions. New Year's, uh, new Year's resolutions and addictions. So start thinking about those. And, uh, Live it up. Live it up. <laughs> don't think about it to the million. I personally have a fair godmother. I'm just like, eat the fatty food, drink the wine, have a good time. <laughs> eat, drink, and be merry. 
because tomorrow there's a new podcast <laughs> and it's the devil. So we will see you then. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a great holiday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. If you'd like to get more information on this show, you can find the show notes at archetypist.com slash 2012 slash 12 slash 17 slash angel. And if you'd like to contact us, our email address is atpodcast at archetypist.com. Thanks for listening.